Hey friends, I'm Brad Livingston, lead pastor here at Transformation Church. I want to personally welcome you to our podcast. At TC, we exist to see people transformed from who they are to who God wants them to be. So no matter where you are on your faith journey, I hope today's message inspires you to take one step closer to Christ. Man, good morning. Welcome to Transformation Church. It is so good to see all of you today. And yeah, you can give yourself a hand. Go right ahead. That's awesome. Good to see all of you. Yeah. So... Man, we are excited to be in part two of our series, Sushi, Sex, and Subtitles. And we had someone ask me the other day, it's like, what week are we eating sushi? I want to make sure I don't miss that week. And I was like, we're not eating sushi. So, <laughs> um, but it's a series all about dating, marriage, relationships, uh, and more. And so, man, we're excited that you're here. We're going to jump straight into part two today. How many guys have ever heard the phrase, the heart wants what the heart wants? Right? Anybody, how many guys have ever said, like, you've ever been in a situation where you're like, man, if you just knew my heart, right? Everybody, anybody ever done something like just bad? Maybe you, you cussed somebody out or you yelled at somebody or whatever it was. You, you lost your temper and you're like, yeah, but I just need you to know my heart. Anybody ever done that before? Anybody ever heard that before? Someone's like, I just, if you knew my heart and you're like, I'm pretty sure I know your heart, right? The thing is, is what we want to talk about a little bit today is dealing with our heart because so many times we mask who we are by pretending to be who we're not. And then when we, who we really are comes out, we say that wasn't the real us. You see, Jeremiah 17, nine says it like this, it says the human heart is the most deceitful and desperately wicked. Well, that's encouraging. Who really knows how bad it is? How many of y'all know there's you know, how do I put, I get told by my wife a lot that I'm way too honest sometimes. Anybody ever, anybody fall into that category sometimes? You just a little too honest. I'm like, if you only knew what goes through my head, like sometimes you say too much. I'm like, you should hear what I don't say. Right. You want to know why? Because my heart is deceitfully wicked. Y'all ain't going to lie. No, all of us, what the Bible is communicating, Jeremiah, is that all of us, because sin is still part of our life, all of us, sin is still part of our life. Our heart is deceitfully wicked. And so when we're talking about relationships, what I want to just come out of the gate with you, uh, with telling you today is what your heart wants is usually the worst thing for you. You see, what you go after because you don't feel like you're getting what you want is probably the worst thing that you need, right? And so the reality is this, that we keep chasing things that oftentimes we really aren't supposed to have. How many guys have ever been deep sea fishing? Anybody ever been deep sea fishing? I've never been more miserable than I was that day. And here's the reason why. I, number one, when I do something, I like to do it and leave when I'm ready to leave. Well, that don't work when you got nine people that paid a lot of money to go deep sea fishing. So I remember I was out there. I caught, my, I caught like three or four fish. I did what I came to do right? It's time to go. When are we leaving? They're like, oh, we're going to leave in about eight or nine. I thought they were going to say minutes, hours, eight or nine hours. What are we going to do for eight or nine hours? They're like fish. I'm like, what did I sign up for? But here's what I learned when I was deep sea fishing. What I learned when I was deep sea fishing is what happened is the captain takes you to the spot that you're going to fish. And then he drops an anchor. And the reason he drops the anchor is the current will carry you away from that spot where all the fish are. So you got to drop an anchor that'll keep you tied to the place you're trying to stay so that no matter how much the current moves, you stay where the fish are. You with me? Now, 
what, how that works in our relationships is for many of us, we haven't grabbed a hold of a good anchor point in our life. Therefore, when the current of love or feelings or our heart st- starts to move us in an unhealthy direction, we're not tied to anything that keeps us still. And what happens inevitably, what happens is we tie ourselves. We, we don't drop an anchor. So as things become fluid, we look like we're just kind of floating around through life. And when we're single, when we're pursuing relationships, we start floating through life and we grab a hold of any relationship that looks like what we're going after. But rarely do we go after the one that God wants for us. And so we're just floating through life. So the thing is, is we kind of have to tie ourselves to the thing that never moves, right? And so one of the things to remember is that culture and society are terrible anchor points. Because culture and society constantly fluctuate on what you should be tied to. I'm going to say it like this, right? What you can't do is go to the world to determine what you should be going after, The worst thing you can do is go on Instagram to start trying to look for what your husband or wife is going to look like. And we inevitably start chasing things that were never supposed to be for us, right? And so what we want to see is that God in the word gives us clarity on what we should be tying ourselves to and staying away from. But if culture keeps moving us away from who God has called us to be, then we're never connected to the place that keeps us healthy. That no matter how much culture tries to move us away from where we should be, we're anchored to God. We're anchored to his word. We're anchored to what he tells us we should be doing. So it doesn't matter how society tries to move us. We're staying true to who God has called us to be. And so that's important because relationships does that worse than anything else. I've seen people that were strong in God that couldn't be swayed by job offers, by money, by anything else, but let them fall in love. My Lord. Right, because we can get moved. So we want to stay fixed, right? And so the reality is what we have to realize is that the world can't determine what our relationship should look like, but we need to go to God to help determine what our relationship should look like, right? Second Peter 1.3 says it like this. God's divine power has given us everything. Say everything. Everything we need for a godly life. He's given us everything we need for a godly life. So here's how I want you to see, hear, and understand that. If you're anchored to God, everything you need in your life, you're not going to have to go out looking for. He's going to bring it into your spectrum. You're not going to have to go chasing the things that you want in your life. Whatever you need, God's going to, if you're anchored to the Lord and you say, you know what, because I'm anchored to God, I'm only going to go this far. If you need it in your life, he'll bring it to you. You don't have to go chasing after it. Because when we go chasing after it, we end up all over the place. That's why we're going to look at Proverbs 29, 18 again, where it says this. We looked at this last week. We have restraint against bad relationships because we know we don't want those, right? But when there's no revelation of what God is doing, we cast off the restraint of those bad relationships. And we start pursuing anything and everything that can make us happy. We start pursuing anything and everything that our heart wants, but we don't need to be going after what our heart wants. We need to be going after what God wants, right? In the Message Bible, it says it like this. If people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. In other words, if you can't see that you need to be staying connected to God, you'll stumble all over yourself looking for what you want rather than what God has. And we need to be fixated 
that when we're attending to what he reveals, then we're most blessed, right? And so the reality is this, the true issue here is that for many of us, we don't have a center point that we're going to stay connected to. We don't have a center point that we're going to stay tied to. We keep drifting everywhere because we're not connected to who God has called us to be today. But if we can reestablish the center point, the anchor point, then everything can work itself out from there. First Peter 1, 14 through 16, we read it last week, says, you must live as God's obedient children. Don't slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your heart. You didn't, know any what, uh, you didn't know any better then, but you do know now that you must be holy in everything you do, just as God who chose you is holy. For the scripture says, you must be holy because I am holy. But here's what I want you to understand about holiness. I grew up in church settings, and I thank God for growing up in a church that encouraged me to believe. But I, I remember growing up and not understanding the gospel well enough to know that holiness is in a state of perfection, it's a place of pursuit. You see, sometimes we think that when we're failing at holiness, sometimes we think we're going after God, but we mess up. And because we messed up, then, then the law is there to judge us. Then condemnation sets in. Then we feel like everyone is beating us up. We feel like we're being judged. We feel like people are coming against us. And I'm here to tell you that God has not set holiness as a place to judge you. He's created holiness as something that you can pursue after. And so in our relationships, we need to be pursuing holiness. We need to be going after holiness. We need to be in a, a constant pursuit of holiness, not so that we can obtain perfection. Hear me, David, who was a man after God's own heart in the Bible, was never perfect. As a matter of fact, the Bible went out of its way to show us how unperfect he was. But because his heart was perfect towards God, he was a man after God's own heart. So hear me, when there's, the judgment doesn't come into whether or not you do or don't mess up. The judgment comes in on whether or not you're pursuing after God, whether or not you're anchored to him. And so we want to pursue after holiness. So as we get here, we see that the reality is, and what we're looking at today is, if we're pursuing after God, what does it look like to be pursuing after someone else too? And the question today, kind of the title of the sermon, are you that somebody? Hence Aaliyah earlier, okay? But are you that somebody? And so many times when we're going for relationships, when we're looking at relationships, our question is, are they the person that we should be going after? Are they the person that we should have in our life? Is that the relationship I want? Is that the relationship I need to have? And hear me for a minute. Before you need to be asking, are you that somebody? You need to be asking yourself, am I somebody yet? Before you can be looking for the right person, you need to make sure you're becoming the right person. So often in life, we've yet to be who God has called us to be, but we're demanding other people be who we think they should be. And so we need to be becoming who God has called us to be. But how do we know what that looks like? What does that even look like? Well, that's what we want to give you today, right? And so we need to be prepared for that. Number one, you're going to know that you're ready for a relationship. You're going to know that you're ready for that somebody when you're not insecure about your own identity. When you're not insecure about who you are, about who God has made you to be, you'll know you're ready for the relationship when you know who you are without that person beside you. And so we have to come and be looking for that. And we're, we're looking at the story of creation, and it helps lay this out. In Genesis 1, verse 26, God said, Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness. 
You see, what you have to understand, what's so important before you even start moving in the direction of a relationship is you got to know who you are before you know who you are with somebody else. You've got to know who you are because God specifically, hear me for a moment, God specifically created you the way that you are and he's going to use you with a great calling, a great purpose to go and fulfill a great destiny for the kingdom of God. He wants to release and unlock things for you to accomplish with the gospel in this world and he wants to do it the exact way that he's moving in your life, who he created you to be. Your identity is not found in what you do. Your identity is found in who God has made you to be. And so many times we go looking for our, our identity in places that it can't be found. The thing is, you've got to know who you are, who God made you to be, not what somebody else says about you. And so many times in our life, like that's why the enemy steps in with one of his greatest tactics. One of the greatest strategic moves of the enemy is to try to get you fixated so much on who you're not that you miss who God made you to be. The reason that we, we go on Instagram, and, and it's so funny to me, because we'll, we'll go on Instagram and look at other people's photos, and we stop looking at who we are in Christ. We start looking at who somebody else is wishing we were them. We start trying to live our life through the screen of our phone because we wish we looked like, we wish we worked out like, we wish that we acted like, we wish we had the life like, the bank account like, all these other people. Can I tell you something? Most of the time, they don't even live like that. They'll get on Instagram, Girls will wake up, put on their makeup, put on their workout outfit in their mirror and go walk outside and take a picture. Just went for a run. And you'll get on there and start scrolling and be like, man, I wish I looked like that when I run. I look like I got hit by a bus when I go for a run. Can I tell you something? They don't look like that when they run. They don't look like that when they work out either. It's all for the gram. And what we have to understand is we'll live our life through somebody else that don't even look like, act like, talk like, move like, earn the money like the person we think we're measuring up against. And we'll lose the very identity that God is calling us to be. Listen, God wants to do something special in your life. He doesn't want to wait till you become somebody he never created you to be. And so many times, other people are the measuring stick of success for us, not who God called us to be. And God wants to do better and greater things in our life. I remember, uh, man, as I was becoming the lead pastor, and I remember kind of trying to find, I try to find my groove. Like, who am I going to be? And I always knew who I was growing up, but stepping into a lead pastor role, it's like, I heard, had all these voices. You need to be this. You need to dress like this. You need to do that. And I remember I tried to do a lot of those things for a while, and it just didn't work, y'all. Not going to lie to you. It didn't work for a bunch of reasons. But I remember like I tried to, I, one time I, I put on an outfit and uh, I, I was at the store, put on an outfit, like real pointy shoes. I had on some super tight pants, tighter than it ever I ever had any business wearing. I'm not going to lie to you. And I put on, and the, the, the outfit that was laid out, it was like a t-shirt, then an overshirt with a sweater and a jacket. Listen, I'm already a big dude anyways. So when I layered multiple things on top of me, I was like, I look like a grapefruit walking around on toothpicks right now. Like, what are we doing here? And I felt dumb. You want to know why? Because I was trying to be the person I was never called to be. 
I wasn't supposed to be that. And, I, I, and, and so uh, in this church, uh, one of the things that we're totally cool with is like tattoos. Um, so uh, I remember I was designing the tattoo that was going to go on my forearm one day. I'm getting it for Jabin, my son. And so I remember I was designing that. And at one point uh, early on, my dad was like, you know, if you get a forearm tattoo, there may be churches around the country that won't let you come preach there because you have that tattoo. And I was like, listen. If there's a church that don't want me preaching there because of my tattoo, they don't want to hear what I got to say anyways, okay? So, now he has a tattoo. So anyways, not the point. But all I had to say is I remember as we moved through that, and I finally said, you know what? I'm going to be the person God called me to be. I'm going to pastor the way God called me to pastor through the word, through the Bible, and through the anointing that he put on my life. I'm going to stop trying to be the pastor down the street. I'm going to start trying to be the pastor I am because there's people out there right now that don't need the pastor that's down the street because they already went to that church. They need me to be me, to present the gospel in the way that God anointed me to bring the gospel so that they can have a home that they can't feel comfortable in any other church, but to walk into TC and say, finally, somebody that I can relate to is bringing me the gospel in a way that I can hear it. And you want to know it? It happened when I finally said yes to being me and said no to being everybody else. And for some of you, the truest relationship, the truest business partnership, the truest marriage you're ever going to have is when you start being the person God called you to be and stop being the person that you're trying to measure yourself up against every other day. And so we have to recognize the problem is many of us don't even know we don't know and we don't love the person God made us because we're more in love with the person God didn't make us. And we have to recognize that God's design for us is to bring us into a place where we know who we are. And we want to be a church that helps move you on the journey. I don't think that's something you get instantly. I think that's something you start to know is that I'm a child of God designed specifically by him in his image to be the person that he called me to be. And I don't need to become somebody else. Listen, if somebody can't love you when you are being who you are made to be in the image of God, then they don't deserve to have you. And so you need to be recognizing who you're supposed to be in God's image, how he created you. So next you need to know who you are with your identity. Then you need to be determined to make a difference. Determined to make a difference. And we go back to Genesis. We see more of what God was doing in Genesis 2 verses 15 where he says, The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. You see, after God gave him his image, the very next thing God did is gave him a reason why he existed. And for too many of us, we've lost track of the true reason why God has us here in the first place. True fulfillment, listen, true fulfillment is only found in serving God and serving God's people. You'll never find a greater fulfillment, you'll never find the, the fulfillment in a relationship with somebody until you find the truest version of what God has created you to do in serving people. I remember for me, uh, I, was, I was dating, uh, me and Ashley started dating our senior year of high school, but then we broke up. And we spent some time apart. And during that time, I started dating someone else. And as I was dating this girl, things got really serious. Uh, it, it even looked like we were going to get engaged. Marriage was conversation. Like we were in that direction. Little did I know that everyone else was praying against it. Like, my, so like my parents were praying against it. Didn't know that necessarily. I knew they weren't in love with the idea, but I didn't know they were that like, Lord, in the name of Jesus, stop this relationship. I didn't know we were there. Her parents were praying against it. I did know that. Didn't care very much. Um, my friends, our family, like apparently everyone knew this was a bad relationship, except for me, because that's what happens when you follow your heart. Anyways, 
So I remember we were dating. She went to college in Dallas, Texas. Uh, me and Ashley were separated. But here's the thing about Ashley. No matter what happened to me in this other relationship, Ashley stayed faithful to serving God and serving God's people. And I went, I, I'll never forget, I drove. She calls me. She says, hey, I want to leave college. I want to drop out. I want to come home. I want us to get married. I was like, huh? She's like, yeah, I want you to come get me. I was like, I don't think that's a good idea, dropping out of college and all that. Like, maybe you should, maybe you should finish that. Like, I'm not ready to get married right now, so maybe we should. She's like, no. She said, either you're coming to get me or I'm taking a bus, but I'm coming home. And I was like, all right. So uh, I drive to Dallas. I pick her up. I bring her back. I get like through the night drive, I get back on a Saturday at 830 in the morning. We have a block party for the church that started at 830. So I literally had enough time to pick her, drop her off at my sister's house where she was going to stay for a while, drop off her luggage, do that whole thing. And then I was like, hey, I got to go to this block party. Do you want to go? She said, no. I said, all right, fine. I'm going to go by myself. And the whole time that I was on this trip, something wasn't sitting right. Now, I just thought that I was it's a, I, it wasn't sitting right because I was picking up from college and she should have stayed there and that's not the right move. I didn't realize God was already prepping my heart. And I never forget, I get to the block party and I see my wife now. I see Ashley, we're not together. I can tell you exactly what she was wearing. And one of the things that I saw that I was like, I was like, man, is, she had her hat on, she had a, a, a hat on a little to the side because she's from the hood. And so uh, <laughs> don't, don't let her... Five foot two, blonde hair, blue eyed thing, fool you, because she'll cut you in a heartbeat. Okay, so, <clears throat> so, uh, so I'll never forget. That's what she was wearing, and um, as I was standing there, that uneasiness in my heart was just increasing. But I didn't know what it was, and God spoke to me right then. He said, "That's the woman you're going to marry because that's the woman you're going to serve for the rest of their life, and she's going to help you. And together, y'all are going to serve the kingdom, and you're and you're going to do it all through my power." And I was like, "Huh." I just picked a girl up from Dallas. And so I was like, I don't know. And so my mom sees my face from across the field. She comes walking over. And she's like, hey, what's going on? I was like, God just told me that I'm going to marry Ashley. And she said, oh, Lord. <laughs> and I'll never forget. It was that day. And uh, I went back, told uh, the other young lady. I said, hey, listen, uh, God spoke to me very clearly. And we're not going to be together. And she was upset. And I came back and I told Ashley, uh, I was like, hey, we're going to be together. And she was like, huh? <laughs> and, uh, and we dated and then we got married. And, you know, here we are. We just celebrated our 10-year anniversary uh, this month. So, But I want you, I want you to hear something because some of you need to hear this. See, what God showed me in Ashley, God, Ashley didn't say, you know what, God, until you wake up that fool, I'm not doing nothing. She said, you know what? I'm going to serve God because I'm serving the Lord no matter what happens with that fool. I'm committing to what God called me to do. And no matter what happens over there, I'm going to be the person God called me to be over here. I'm going to serve. I'm going to commit. I'm going to live for a purpose, right? I'm going to go after what you created me to do. And whatever happens with that happens with that. She stayed anchored to the Lord. And she said, whenever God brings that person into my line is when I'll be ready. But I'm not going to go chasing him because he won't be ready until God brings him into where I'm at. 
And for some of you, you keep not doing what God called you to do, thinking that you'll find the right time. And what I'm here to tell you today is you need to realize that you were designed to serve. You have been destined with purpose. And for some of you, you have the gift of worship. And you know what? You've been going, like, ah, I just don't know what I want to do with that. No, 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 no. Listen to me. You have been designed, right? When you're ready to serve is when you'll be ready for other things. And God wants to unlock. He wants to pursue. He wants to release purpose in your life. And until you start saying yes to what he called you to do, you're not going to find yourself fulfilled in any other area of your life. For some of you, God has given you the gift, the desire, and the heart to work with kids and to love kids and to use that gifting so that you can create an impact in the life of children. And you've been sitting on that gift and you're not doing anything with it. And I'm here to tell you that once you start moving in that direction of saying, you know what, I'm going to do whatever I got to do in the kingdom. I'm going to serve the Lord and I'm going to serve God's people. And as I do that, when God's ready to bring me something else, I'll be ready for it over here. But for too long, too many of us said, I'm not going to start serving until I see God do something for me. And that's an unhealthy spot to be in. Because what you've done is you're holding back what God's ready to release in your life. And if you are ready to say yes, you know what? God built me with a design. He designed me. He's destined me to serve. He's destined me to move forward. He's, He's destined me to make a difference in someone's life. If you're ready to say yes to that, we have a way to help you with that. At the end of service, stop by the Connect Center and ask them about growth track. It'll take two weeks and we can get you moving in that direction. Why? Because if you're determined to make a difference, you'll be ready for the purpose that God has for you. Next, you're ready for the relationship when you're embracing the limitations for living. In the garden, you'll remember that God said, you can eat of all the trees in the garden. Some of you guys remember the story of Adam, right? You can eat every tree in the garden, just not this one. Everything is here for you to enjoy, just not this one. What do they do? Eat that one. You had one job, man. They eat of the tree, right? And what happens is as they eat of the tree, they overstep the limitations that God had built for us, that God had built for them. You see, God is putting limitations in your life. And instantly we challenge that, like, God, I thought you loved me. Why would you limit me to what I can and can't have? God's saying, no, 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 it's because I love you that I'm trying to limit what you shouldn't have. You see, God's limitations are like the edges of a road. The lines on the edge of the road let you know where the cars don't come to. And if those lines aren't there, you walk blindly into traffic, you're gonna get hurt. And for some of you, God's trying to tell you today, listen, there are limitations around people that you shouldn't be with. There are limitations around relationships you shouldn't have. There are limitations around the environment you don't need to be in, the business partnerships you don't need to have in your life. There are limitations for those things. And I'm trying to show it to you. And if you walk past that limitation, you're going to walk face first into the traffic of a relationship or a business partnership. And it's going to wreck you. And I'm trying to show you that I know you could have these things, but it doesn't mean you should have these things. I'm trying to hold back these areas of your life that you're going to hurt yourself if you have. How many of you have kids? Don't touch the stove. Are you being mean by telling them not to touch the stove? Or are you trying to protect them from hurting themselves? You see, when God puts limitations in our life, he's trying to help us. He's trying to protect us. So what does the enemy do? 
The enemy doesn't come to Adam to try to get him to eat of the tree. He goes to the one Adam loves to try to get her to eat the fruit of the tree. You see, had the enemy come to Adam, see, God spoke to Adam, you can eat all the tree in the garden, just not this one. So the enemy comes against the one that he loves to get her to convince him to do the thing he knows he shouldn't do. And hear me for a minute. For many of you in your relationship, you've sought, you've drew the line. This is who I'm going to be and this is who I'm not going to be. And what the enemy is doing in some of your lives is he's causing you to fall in love with someone that's going to cause you to eat from the tree, even though you would never choose to do it yourself. That's why it's so important that we have to have relationships that match our convictions. We have to have relationships that are inside of the anchor point of who God is telling us that we are and we are not supposed to be. Because inside of the anchor point, we have the same convictions. See, the enemy comes to Eve, says, Eve, eat the fruit. She eats the fruit and she gets Adam to eat the fruit. And for some of you, you said, I'm not having sex until I get married. So the enemy's bringing someone into your life for you to have a relationship with. And they're going to cause you to have sex when the enemy couldn't do it. You may not have a one night stand, but you'll fall so in love with this person that you'll give up on a standard you set for yourself and you'll abandon the limitation that God tried to put around you. Not saying that you can't have it, but saying you can have sex. You can have those things in the limitations that God created for you. And for many of us, we have to realize that if we're not building up healthy relationships, we're building up unhealthy ones. So it takes us to our last one. You know you're ready for a relationship when you're not following your feelings. You say, Brad, I don't know. I feel like I do need to follow my feelings. Trust me, you don't. You need to follow the truth. Because your feelings will sway you. Can I get an amen on that? Anybody ever dated somebody that jacked up your, your, <laughs> jacked up your code, uh, your moral ethics, all that stuff? You're like, I'm not gonna be this person. Then you date somebody and you're like, you know what, I could be that person. Why? Because we become who we think they need us to be so that we can make them happy, not realizing that our whole goal in life should be to pursue how God wants us to be. When it comes to things that you know you shouldn't be doing, but you feel like doing, take the phrase that Pastor Scott Thomas uses all the time. He says, I stopped living in my feelings a long time ago. So don't live in the feelings, live in the truth. Who did God call you to be? What is your identity? Are you determined to make a difference? Are you serving in the kingdom of God, right? Are you embracing the limitations that God has for you? And are you moving forward? Here's the main reason why. If you're anchored to the immovable, if you're anchored to the immovable, then your convictions will fluctuate in the direction of the immoral. If you aren't anchored to the immovable, then your convictions will fluctuate in the way of the immoral. In other words, if you're not anchored to God and saying, you know what, I'm only gonna go this far because I'm holding on to who God is, then you'll start to step into immoral places that cause you to go against your belief system. Now, sometimes this is hard. This can be heavy because it's like, man, I don't feel like I could ever get this right. I know I've been there, 32 years old. I remember being 20, 21, 22. Be like, I don't know if I'm ever going to get this right. But here's what we know that God wants us to be anchored to Him. And so many times, because we pursue holiness as a state of perfection and not a place of pursuit, we never feel good enough. We always feel condemned, we always feel judged. But here's what I want you to know religion 
always leads to resistance, but relationship leads to rest. Listen, your relationship with God should cause you to rest in who you are, rest in the fact that you're serving, rest in your limitations. You should be resting in who God created you to be, not resisting, not pushing back. We need to rest. And, and when we look at the story of man, when God created man, here's what I want you to understand. So many times in our relationship with the Lord and in our relationship with people, we think that we should work and work and work and work and work hard and work hard and, and strive and go. And then at the end of all that, we should rest. And, and actually the story of creation is actually the opposite. You see, God created for six days and he rested on the seventh, if you remember that story. He created everything over six days. He rested on the seventh, but God created man on the sixth day. The very first time man ever saw the sun rise, he saw it rise on the day of rest. He rested the first day and he worked the rest. And for so many of us, you've approached your relationship with the Lord as work, 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 strive, work hard, don't mess up, keep going, no matter what, you're, you're gonna blow it, but you know, you just try as hard as you can. And then you think that rest is something that you can just strive for at the end. And what God wants to tell you is actually the opposite. He wants you to rest in the beginning. He wants you to rest in who he is now. And then as you've rested, as you take a step back and say, God, thank you so much for who you've called me to be. Thank you so much for moving in my heart. Thank you so much that you freed me from the penalty of my sin. Thank you so much. And, and because of that, I, wanna, I want to uh, go after the destiny and the design that you've done. I wanna make a difference. I wanna root myself in my identity. I wanna embrace those limitations. When you do that from a position of rest, even when you blow it, you go back to God and say, God, I just wanna rest back in your arms again. God, I just wanna come to you and I wanna thank you. But if it's constantly work, then you'll never feel good enough and every relationship will always be a disaster because if you're never feeling like you're good enough for God, there's no way you're going to feel like you're good enough for a person. But God's saying, what if you started every relationship with a position of rest? You know who you are. You know the difference that I've designed you to make. You know the limitations that I put around you. Now I want you to rest. I want you to embrace what I've created you to be, what I've created you to do, and the parameters that I've created you to do it in. And I'm gonna show you what real life looks like. That is the life that God wants us to live, folks. So are you, are you that somebody? The question we ask when we're interacting with people, are you the person I should be in a business relationship? Are you the person I need to be in a romantic relationship? Are you the person I need to be dating? That's not the question. Am I the person that God has created me to be yet? That's the question. And the answer is, are you rooted with an anchor to God that no matter what happens in your life, you're not gonna be swayed from who God called you to be? If the answer is yes, then, and only then, can you start having conversations about being ready. So, how many of you know we need him, church? So how many of y'all know we need Jesus in our life? So I wanna invite you to stand to your feet this morning and, and the team's actually gonna lead us in this song. We sang it earlier, Oh, How I Need You. Because more than we need anything else, we need Jesus. And so as we get ready to sing, as we get ready to declare this truth, as we get ready to go to God with everything that we have, we need to put him in his rightful place and say, you know what, Jesus, I need you. 
And so help build me, help make me that somebody. Help take me there. Go ahead and sing it, guys. morning and we say thank you. God, thank you that you're all that we need. Thank you, God, that no matter what happens in life, if we stay rooted to you, we're going to stay connected to the very source. So God, I pray that you hold us, that you carry us, that you, God, help us see that you've designed us. God, for those who are in this place, God, that they've been searching for the right relationship, God, I just pray that you help show us, Father, that what we really need to be searching for is the identity. What we really need to be searching for is our purpose. God, I pray you help connect people to what you designed them for, God. Not just the desires, Lord, of what the world has to offer, but that we would find true root in who you've created us to be. And so we say thank you, God. We count it a joy, Father, to be connected to what you've designed us for. And so, God, we say thank you you're powerful and you're the god above it all if you're in this place church with everyone's eyes closed today if you need god in your life where you are you know that you're not in a healthy relationship with god but you're ready for him to give you a fresh start to wipe away your sins give you a new beginning you're in a place where all of us have been, myself included, where I came to a point where God reached out and he touched my life and said that I wanna do something in your life. And, and today, some of you are right there in that space. And if you need God to give you that fresh start, sins to be forgiven and to start moving forward and with a new life in Jesus, if today, if that's you and you're ready to say yes, I'm not gonna come to you or embarrass you. We just wanna pray with you today. If that's you and you're ready for God to give you a fresh start, I'm gonna to count to the count of three. And when I count to the three, I just want you to raise your hand and say, that's me, Brad, I, I need a new beginning. Are you ready? One, two, three. That's me, Brad, I need a new beginning. Awesome, yes, awesome, yes. Once you put your hand up, you can put it down. Awesome, yes. I'm ready for a new beginning. Sins washed away. Is there anyone else that says, that's me, I'm ready. Awesome, maybe you're watching us online. You wanna raise your hand with those that raised their hand here today. And you're saying, man, that's me, Brad, I, I, I'm ready. For God to give me a new start. Maybe I've fallen in certain areas, but I'm ready to rest in who God called me to be rather than work when I never feel like I'm good enough. Here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna pray this prayer together. And this prayer doesn't make you saved. This prayer puts words to the actions of your heart. 
that says I'm putting my faith in Jesus. And though I'll never be good enough to be saved on my own, Jesus was good enough to purchase my life. And now I'm saved because he's good enough. And so let's pray this prayer together. I'm gonna ask you to repeat after me and the whole church will pray with you. So let's pray church. Say, dear Jesus, forgive me. Forgive me my sins. Forgive my wrongs. Make me clean. Make me pure. Make me whole. I believe that you died on the cross. And I believe that you rose three days later. Through your life, through your death, through your resurrection, I can be saved. So I give you my life. Make me brand new. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. TC, can we put our hands together for all those that prayed that perhaps for the first time and we celebrate with you? Awesome, awesome, awesome. Thank you so much for listening today. To make sure you never miss a message, be sure to subscribe to our channel. It would also mean so much to us if you would leave us a review. For more information about our church or to contact us, please feel free to visit our website at transformationchurch.com. And if you want to connect with us on Instagram and Facebook, just search at Transformation Pensacola. Join us next time for another message from one of our pastors as we see people transform from who they are to who God wants them to be.